Microphone checker. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Before we get to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show, I want to shout out everybody who checked out last week's episode with my guy Furio. I, I brought I brought him in from Italy. Listen, let me tell you something. If you're a fan of Sopranos, okay, this is an episode you want to listen to. Even if you only listen to a little bit of Sopranos, well, not him, he listened to, watched, okay? If you only watched a little bit of Sopranos, it's still. Let me tell you something. There's so many behind-the-scenes stories. There's so many just stories about how he got the part. The guy. One thing I really like about him is, and it's funny how we start to love. And I was talking about this about Joseph Sakura, Tommy from Power, and even like Federico Casaluccio, who's uh, Furio and Sopranos, both amazing guys. But their their characters are like maniacs, and and you would never think that these guys are like so humble and down to earth and just real good you know good people you would never like if you if you picture to see the person who the character is i'm telling you sometimes you'll be disappointed but one thing i love about his story is this dude signed up for three episodes and was on for three seasons come on man you know furio he's causing havoc anyway make sure you put that on your to-do list and i'll tell you listen i've been on the run man i was in la uh, uh, a couple days ago then i was in uh, came home uh, spend some time with the kids. You know, I'm living that presence over presence lifestyle, making sure that my, you know, I'm being present and not just trying to buy them. You know, a lot of people uh, who don't know and are listening for the first time say, welcome. You know, you, you may not know about the presence over presence lifestyle. And that is just really, you know, spending that time with your kids because, you know, just buying them shit. Like, you know, can you buy stuff? Yeah, for sure. But if you're going to buy a football with them, at least go outside and fucking throw it to them or else I have nobody to fucking throw it to. So sometimes it can be presents uh, with presents. You understand? You see how I did that there? Okay, listen. Internet, you know what time it is when I tell you to open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app. At Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. Check the fuck in. Let me know where you're listening from. If you, you know, last week I think we had uh, uh, um, Italy was on a check in, Russia. Uh, um, who else was on there? Melbourne. Let's, let me tell you something. I'm proud to say international and in the States, people listen. You know, you know who's also listening to? Jakarta. Somebody has sent me a photo uh, on the train uh, uh, of, of listening to the podcast, man, and appreciating. Uh, the gems, internet. Let me tell you, if I ever did anything for you or any episode that you listen to that you love, uh, you know, and you say, "Man, what can I do for you, man?" And you know what? Subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Just keep on telling a friend to tell a friend. Suggest, and and, and here's another thing I want to set the record straight. People sometimes, uh, you know, say like, "Oh, I only listen to a couple episodes of Premium Peach, or I listen to all the." It doesn't matter where you get in. You don't, <laughs> you don't ever have to apologize or feel weird for that. You may only like six Premium P Show episodes out of 200. Okay, no problem. You may like 60. You may like all 200 or whatever it is. But you don't have to explain yourself. For me, I'm just building a library that is, is, is if you ever want to go and learn and, and listen and hear the journeys of people and maybe you want to go down the path to become a, a producer or an artist or an athlete or a chef or, or an actor or, or whoever you want to be. And, and, and I guarantee you when they sit down with me you will hear trials and tribulations and stories that can help you in your own life and that's the thing it's like what i like to do is is give the je- the guest a, a a spotlight and let people know a little bit more about them who don't you know who who do know them and people who don't know them know about them but more importantly let the listener okay premium peach shows for the people let the listener learn a little bit more, okay? This ain't no fucking gossip shit. You ain't come here and try to find out about what A-King's wearing. It's not happening, okay? You know, you're going to find out about, uh, uh, you know, real life shit, okay? 
But internets, let me tell you something. This week on the episode, man, we went really legendary, okay? And we, I brought in the one and only Ralph McDaniels, man. Uh, video music box, video director. Speaks about, you know, directing Wu-Tang videos. Nas, I ain't, I ain't hard to tell. I mean, he did Bell Biv DeVoe. He did Black Moon. I mean, listen, let me tell you something. He's called Uncle Ralph McDaniels for a reason. And I said this, you know, in the episode. This dude is like an uncle of hip-hop, you know? Believed in it when it was just a fad. When people are like, nah, nah, this is this, this ain't a real thing. Well, now it's now it controls the world. Internet, I ain't gotta say no more. This is a legendary episode with the with the one and only Ralph McDaniels, Uncle Ralph McDaniels. Video music box, man. I used to run home to watch video music box, just like I used to run home to watch Sopranos. Back to back episodes of the Premium P Show. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. Internet, I present to you the Ralph McDaniels episode of the Premium P Show. Let's get to it. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up one time. Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show was milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium peach show internet welcome back to another episode of the premium peach show sitting down let me tell you something this is a long time coming i said to myself uh starting the premium peach show a couple years ago i said and i even told him i'm like yo how could i be 30 40 100 150 200 episodes in and not had this gentleman on the show. Uh, the episode that we did, rest in peace to our brother, Combat Jack, Reggio say, was phenomenal. And and when I look at him, um, you know, I, I look at this guy as so much, just a, 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 a director, just, just, just a game changer, an entrepreneur before that was even cool to even say that shit. Um, and really, to be honest, it's funny how you say Uncle Ralph McDaniels, but honestly, like kind of like an uncle of hip hop, man. You know, mm. when you think about it, Ralph, listen, welcome to the Premium Pete Show. Yo, thank you, Pete, man. Glad to be here, man. Man, man, man we were talking off air, and I was like, damn, man, like. I thought about the last time we did an episode, and there's certain guests that I'm like, man, like, like even Ice T, you know, uh, me and Reg, had, you know, just being there with him and doing that episode, and it, it was so tremendous. And and and, and he, I, when I did it again, I went to Ice's house. Ice was like, yo, let's let's do this. Let's do an episode, and 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 it was phenomenal. But I was like, damn, man, it's like it <laughs> it reminds me so much of Reg. Certain people, like yeah. certain people, because some episodes were, were powerful. And at that time, you know, it was a new uh, new space. Like, I guess what I'm saying is, I always use this line: if you tell Ice T or you today, like, yo, I want you to do a podcast. But yeah, a lot of people ask me to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Back then, I remember them saying like, oh, and it wasn't that long ago where right. people were like, well, yeah. Uh, you know, well, you, well, the internet moves fast, bro. So you guys will wait, and you're always ahead. You know, you uh, you know that's what I love about you. You know, anytime I meet you, I, I look and I think about like Pete's thinking of some new shit. Sure. We gotta fuck with Pete, like, sure. whatever it is. Sure. You know, and especially just to, to, just to know of how you've been able to, uh, you know, even I don't want to say uh, uh, reinvent yourself. I'd rather just say evolve. Yeah. Like when you think about it, thirty. You know, when I when, that episode when we do is thirty years when right. that you were celebrating. 
30 years of video music box. We're at 35 now. Okay. That's five years ago. And, and, and you think about just like how important, you, you know, there's something that you said before in that episode. I remember you were saying that people, like, there's a lot of people that you broke. It's mm. so a lot of people that you put on, yeah. you know, um, and I remember somebody telling you that later on in life, man, you're supposed to say that back then. Right. We live in a world like that's the thing that's crazy to me, too, where people want to wait till someone passes away to be like, oh, this motherfucker was this. This motherfucker was that. He was right. a great guy. He was this. Man, say that shit. How many people have you come across that appreciated you and, <laughs> and, and, and what do you have done? Honestly, because they should. I think percentage wise, <laughs> let's put it like that. Of all of the people that, you know, and it's hundreds, you know, it's maybe, maybe 10%, mm. you know, that really, you you know, like, you know, honestly, you know, when they, they didn't have shit going on, you know, and, you know, and you know that that little moment that you gave them opportunity, and it was all out of love. It's not like, you know, like, I, sometimes I said, damn, do people think I was getting paid maybe by a record company or something mm. like that? Then that's why I did it. You know, I was like... Nah, record companies wasn't paying me like that, you know, because you know that was happening. You know, sure. you could get a check. You know, like yo, have have this guy on. We're gonna give you whatever, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever it was. You know, it wasn't radio. I worked in TV. I worked in in music videos. So it was a, nobody understood that. You know, it was it was something new. So at the same time, just like this platform, when you first started, you know, we're trying to prove like we're you know sure. we can make things happen. Sure. You know, people are gonna see the artist. So, yeah, so so a lot of times, you know, things happened, and that was the big change for for numerous artists, and and then it just happened, and then nobody ever said, hey, you know, thanks, or, you know, you know, you might have did a little show or something out of it. You know, yo, come through, I'm having a party, man, you know, get on stage, you know. So that was the, you know, for me, like, okay, so we'll do that, and that's really what I've kept over the years is this incredible archive of, those well, artists for the first time, you know, like, you know, like, because nobody came back and said, yo, man, you know, we're going to do something with you. There, there were some artists, you know, like I, I, I like Wu-Tang. Mm. RZA is, you know, was like, you know, yo, Ralph, I got this thing, protect your neck. We shot a video for it. It's not out. We're not signed to a label. And, you know, here's the, here's the music. And I'm like, all right, no problem. But I know him from, you know, his past stuff that he did in the in, in the Jizza then now was the was the genius when I first worked with the genius. And then he I played it and I said, This is crazy right here, protecting like what is this? You know, like and he's like, yo, and he goes into the whole concept of what Wu Tang is all about. And I said, Yo, it's dope. I like it, it's new. We'll play it. And then a week later or two weeks later, you know, Steve Rifkin calls me and I knew Steve Rifkin, I met him with Ice T. He was a promotion guy. He didn't have loud records at the time. And he said, what do you think? And I said, it's dope. You know, I would just say that anyway. Even sure, if it was whack, sure. you know, I would say it was dope. And so Steve Rifkin goes, um, I'm starting a new label um, and, and I'm thinking about signing him. So, yeah, you should sign him, you know. And and I said, you know, just, just you know, let me know what's going on. And then next thing I knew, it was a 12-inch record and, and it had loud records on it. And I was like, what's loud? And that was Steve Rifkin's sure, label. With the headphones. Yeah. And so then... You know, it was like RZA comes back and says, yo, we're going to do a video for this song called Cream. Listen to it. And I said, all right. And he said, I want you to direct it. Because I had directed a bunch of, you know, R&B and a bunch of stuff around that time. And so that's when he came back with it. And that to me was like, that didn't normally happen. Where an artist, you, you, you worked with them and then they came back to you and said, hey, can you, know, let me put some money in your pocket. And, and that's how it all, it wasn't like crazy money to them. It was, you know, at the time, but we knew this was something special, 
and I've worked with Riz on numerous things over the years until this day. You know, like I'll call Riz and he'll pick up the phone. You know, like that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen. And you never know when you're doing it. You never know, like, you know, who's going to be there 20 years later, 25 years later, right. 30 years later. You know, when you direct, you know, it's funny because I feel like there are a lot of people. Let me tell you something. For people who know you, um, I hope that uh, we could spread some things that they could learn more. And people who don't know you need to know of you because let me let me tell you, uh, I was just uh, – telling you off air that I was taping uh, the the tying guy Fiorio Junta uh, who played from Sopranos and I told him and, his, and, and here's the correlation I used to run home to watch Sopranos live I, I had to be at live I was like yo 858 yeah, right. yo don't call me don't bother me when the Sopranos is on I gotta watch this shit now, now back it up a little bit I did the same thing for Video Music Box. Wow. It was that important. And yeah. it's not only me, there's a lot of people yeah. that that was, that, that was their go-to. I you know, they had to get home. Yeah. It, it, it put you on to things, man. It put you on to, to, to see videos. And it's crazy. This is before MTV. Yeah. Before, you know, and, and, and here's another credit. I'll let you talk to it. But people back then thought hip-hop was a fad. Yeah, wasn't oh. wasn't gonna last long. I even remember you saying that there was radio stations, particularly even black radio stations, absolutely that were like, "Yo, we ain't playing this hip hop shit up here." That's right. And you, some of those guys still exist in the back. <laughs> <laughs> they doing something up there. I don't know what they doing. Yo, but you, you were the one that were like, "Nah, fuck that," <laughs> and you believed in what it could be. And look where the fuck we are today. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't think that you know it was gonna be like what it is, but I knew it was something big. Mm. You know, I've come from before hip-hop, so I watched certain movements, and I could tell by the energy that there was something more to this. You know, like, you know, like people don't know, like, I'm a house music head. You know, sure. like people go like, well, how's that possible? You know, I'm like, even house heads don't believe it, you know? And I'm like, nah, I was at these spots. I know those spots. Like, I used to go, because I just used to like to hear different frequencies of music, you know, like different, whatever it was, something different, you know? Rock and roll. You know, I went to CBGBs, mm -hmm. you know? I've been there before, you know? I went to these punk rock spots, you know? Because punk rock and hip hop were just stepchilds of the music business at the mm. same time, we didn't get get along necessarily with with punk rockers, but we was put in the same category. Like you know, who are these dumb you know idiots running around with their hair with the mohawks? You know, sure, and, and sure. people you know used to treat them like that, and then they would look at us like, look at these idiots right here, you know, with their chains and all of this. Cra you know, it was the same kind of look, you know, and but. I, I found something in, in, in every type of music. So, you know, like even today, you know, like some of my old heads will be like, yo, this music is whack. But, I, you know, I can hear I hear things that are that are important, you know, and I'm like, sure. If you're a 16 year old, what that kid just said means something. That shit is real important right to him right now. You know, so you got to think about when you're 16, you know, <laughs> you know, you can't think about it now. You're 50 years old. Look at it from his perspective. And, you know, and I, so I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard music fan. That's it at the end of the day. You know, but, but what would, what, who, like, <laughs> it's crazy to think of the radio stations, but like, nah, man, get the fuck out of here with that shit. And it was black people. And that it, was what was fucked up. It, 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 <laughs> <clears throat> what, what were you saying to them at that time? Um, like, no, this is happening. Just come to the club. All I want you to do is come to the club and see what the kids are reacting to. And watch when these records come on in comparison to these records. And not saying that they're not reacting to these R&B smooth records or dance records or whatever they were at the time in the 80s. But watch 
what happens when these records come on, these Melly Mel records and, and I mean, uh, Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five and, and, you know, Curtis Blow records and, and, you know, and this is the early 80s. And, you know, and it was like, eh, okay. And, and, and even at that time, hip-hop records sounded more like R&B records. Mm. You know, that was like a, you know, there was a, a rhythm and, you know, and a bass line and shit like that. I remember when Russell first gave me um, It's Like That and The Way It Is. And I was like, so where's the bass line? And he was like, nah, we ain't doing that shit. No more, no more bass line, straight beat, you know? And then he added the guitars, you know, eventually. So it was, it was, it was just a different experience, but you had to go to it. And even now, you know, like I, 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 one, I remember having a conversation with, um, with Clark, DJ Clark Kent, you know. Shouts to Clark Kent. Exactly. And I said, yo, man, you know, like I got these young dudes around my way and these dudes be, you know, acting like I'm a sucker, you know. And he was like, so he was like, you know, and he was like, well, you got to talk their language. So I was like, what do you mean? I don't, I'm way older than them. How am I talking to them? He said, you got to go and hang out where they want to hang out and then talk that shit that they go like, oh, shit, he knows what, what, what we're dealing with. And I said, okay, and it worked. You know, like these young dudes that lived across the street from me, I, was, I all of a sudden started talking about certain artists or certain shit that they were into, not trying to impress them, but just said it, you know. Sure. And they were like, the whole perspective on me changed. You know, like they knew that I was into what they were into. And then Clark said, then you have to go to where they're at. So I'm like, all right, you know, I could do that. You know, I ain't hanging out all night, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to to these events and I got it, you know. And, and, and that's what I tell people. If you want to understand what young energy is all about and why they do what they do, you have to go there and be in that environment sure. to get it. You can't look at it from your perspective. You have to look at it from their perspective. And that's why, you know, I think that I still got fresh ears and I can hear things. You know, somebody like Clark Kent, when you mention him, you know, it's funny because he did something so dope for Video Music Box was create that Air Force One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, apparently it was only like 20 He said something. apparently. <laughs> That's what well, I said. You say. never know with Clark. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> he, he may have he may have 513 stacked, uh, you know, he's always got a fresh pair of something. Exactly. But but just the even the, like, the way it looks, the box that rocks, which was the slogan, yeah. put on the side, the, the inside showing like what? I it was remember, like, like a barcode. Barcode, like the yeah, like like a TV. The, TV. Yeah. How did that happen? How did the video music box Air Force happen? Um, we were talking about something, and you know, just like normal conversations. You know, Clark and I are like the the, the Brooklyn representatives. Absolutely. It, you know, when it, and we would go to Manhattan. And we were, clearly we were not from you know uptown. We were not from the Bronx. We were from Brooklyn, so it was a different kind of experience. And so um, we would you know just kind of. Just kind of, you know, hang together just in case some shit jumped off. And, you know, and he'd be playing music. I'd just go hang out with him in the DJ booth, and I was doing my video music box thing. And, you know, anyway, we had that that connection. And I think that um, he mentioned to me, you know, I knew he was doing the sneaker thing. And and I don't know if it was I brought it up or he brought it up and, and about doing a sneaker. Sure. And so whatever the case was, he was like, okay, it has to be like this. And then, he, you know, he's he's... He's a, a professional about, you know, no, dude, it has to be the era. It has to fit when you were out, 83. You know, we might have mentioned, oh, let's do a, you know, a Rod Laven. Like, nah. Yeah. Air Force One, definitely, you know. And, you know, and then he broke down certain things and, and was very specific about it. 
And when he came back with it, you know, I was blown away. I had no idea. I didn't, you know, until he brought it to me that day, it was already finished. I didn't have no say-so on it or anything, which, you know, and I tell him, you know, like, Clark, whatever you tell me when it comes to sneakers, I believe. Sure, You're sure. You're God sure, to sure, me when sure. it comes to sneakers. He's like, oh, I don't, don't put that much pressure on me. I said, because I don't know. Sure. You know, I don't know. You know, you tell me how to, you know, make a video or a movie or something like that. Yeah, I can have some input on it. But when it comes to sneakers, believe Clark Kent, whatever he says. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, one thing I don't want to jump over is when we spoke about directing the video for Cream, for Wu-Tang. Mm -hmm. Like, Honestly, it's like the <clears throat> reason why I'm saying we can't run over that because that shit is, is, is you think about it. I mean, you've done a lot of things. I, I don't think people even realize sometimes like mm -hmm. how much stuff you've done. Like to direct the video for Cream, like like walk us through that day. Like how did that even happen and, 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 and just that video? Um, well, we when we shot that, we shot that in Stapleton and in, in Park Hill in Staten Island. Thorough. And, yeah, you know, thorough. This is like early 90s, of course. And um, you know the era. You know the vibes at that particular you know time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, um, and it was cold. It was, it was, it might have been like, like December or whatever it was. It was minus 20. I remember when we shot the video, which was terrible for then because the equipment freezes up and all kind of other stuff happens when you're doing that. And, um, and, you know, woo, they, you know, if you're in Stapleton, whoever lived in Stapleton at the time or whoever lived in Park Hill, because they, they're, you know, they're kind of spread out between sure. the two projects, um, you know, they would just, you know, it was too cold. So they would go like to a friend's apartment, like, well, okay, we're switching scenes or we're doing a lighting change. And they would just go hang out. And we never knew where they were at. Like, you know, somebody go find them, you know, where's Meth at, you know, you know, where's Ray, you know, where's, where's Deck, you know, and, you know, and they would, you know, we just have to kind of like, you know, it was almost like knocking on doors or listening to the door, like, oh, I think they're in here. I hear a lot of noise in here. And, and they would come back out, okay, we're ready. And they'd, okay, they put their hoodies back on and everything, get dressed up and come back out and do the scene. And, and I wanted to make sure that it reflected that video when I directed it, that it reflected what I saw. Because to me, Wu Tang, Nas, that whole little era right there was actually what was happening. Like, it wasn't like we were making this up. This is what you know, camouflage and hoodies and 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 Tim's, you know, like that was really what people were wearing on the street and that was what it was almost like how Run DMC when they came out, you know, and they wore Lees and you know, and sure. it, it was it was authentic. It wasn't like a stylist, you know, sure. or anything like that. It was they were actually looked like what guys you saw on the corner. And then when I say guys on the corner, the dudes it's the crack era, you know, and it was it was happening and it was happening in a big way and people were making a lot of money. And they looked like those guys, you know, and and that is, you know, that doesn't happen all the time, you know, and and I wanted to make sure that we documented that in the video so it looked like that. So, you know, guys, you know, with the furs and in in, in Times Square, um, we shot part of it in Harlem, you know, uh, Willie Burgers is in the background. That's like a Harlem like you know spot that you know everybody in Harlem knew about, and you know, so that people in in different areas outside of Staten Island could understand because not everybody got Wu-Tang at first, you know, when the first came, especially black people. They was like, what? What are they talking about? What? Shaolin? What's going on? You know, like, it was totally different. The forgotten the, land. Yeah, it was, but the lingo was different from what was happening. You know, before that, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was that, you know, and so people were like, these dudes, are, you know, they're not really, what is this, you know? And it took a minute to warm up, and but Street Cats got it, and 
and people that were, you know, into the, you know, hip hop got it, you know, real hip hop heads got it. And, and eventually it just kind of was a wave, you know, that just took over and you saw it in the clubs and you saw how people reacted to the records because those were to me like, like nomads, you know, like Wu-Tang, you know, like they were just like, they weren't the normal guys. It was like almost the first time I saw a B-boy, mm. you know, is a B-boy was like, He's not from around here. I don't know where he came from. I don't know what, what, what this dude is, but this was a different dude, and they traveled in different places. Like they, He might have been from, you know, from Newark, but he was in the Bronx, and he was in Queens, and you saw him at certain events, and you knew he was a unique dude, and that's how Wu-Tang was. It was. They were unique dudes, and they were five percenters, you know, and it was, the you know, the language happening, and, you know, you said... These guys are are different, and they look at the world different, and that's what I liked about them because I looked at the world different than most of my friends. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. How did you direct so many like uh, so many different uh, characters, so to speak? You know, um, I don't think it was that hard. You know, it was like everything I do is like a mix. I started out as a DJ, you know, in the parks, you know, in, in clubs and bars and stuff like that. So everything is a mix. So I would look at you know. Raekwon and I look at Meth and I look at Dirty and I'm going okay so how do we mash this together in different scenes that it it's about their you know who they are and that it's going to mix and flow and have some kind of flow to it and I remember I, I I shot that video and you know and everybody just it was so cold that people were like whatever you want to do Ralph like whatever you say and when I shot the video um we we shot that in film back then and so I, I I transferred it, and then I went right to the edit spot, and I didn't come out, and it was like maybe like 12 hours later I was done. You know, it was like if we shot it on a Saturday, by Monday, Rizza had the, the rough cut of the video. What was his uh, first response? And he loved it. Yeah. You know, he he loved There was no changes. I, I can't remember any, any changes that we had. And that's very rare, you know, when you do something that somebody says, oh, I don't like that shot, I don't like that shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not flattering to me. I don't like that, you know. and it, But I was so you know, uh, in tune with who they were that I was like, I got it. I, I know exactly how this is going to work. And it was like, you know, a perfect shot to to the edit and then boom. And then, you know, I couldn't wait to play because I just couldn't wait to play it on video music box because now the song is starting to get hot in the, in the clubs, in the street and on the radio. Not like crazy on the radio, but it's playing, you know. And I'm like, I got to I gotta play this on video music box because this is going to be crazy. So I couldn't wait. And that was the thing, like people... And I didn't realize it that I had all these videos that I shot and I played them so early on Video Music Box because I directed them. Sure. That people were like, yo, the first time I saw it was on Video Music Box. And I was like, right. But I realized I had it way ahead of the record company sure. even officially putting it out. And they were like, Ralph's playing it already? Like, you know. Like, you're playing your own content. <laughs> right. Like, this is not fair. You know, like, how is he so ahead of us? And I, and I, you know, and I, I did that all through the, even the Yo MTV Raps era. I was like, I got the hottest video. They don't have it yet. I just directed it. So I'm going to play this for at least a month before they get their MTV version of it edited. And you can't show this. You can't show that. I'm showing. You're the exclusive. Right. And, and you know what? Things that we used to put in videos and you see in videos, certain content or certain things that were said, you can't do that now because it's, it's way you can't say these things. It's sure. getting serious trouble, you know, with the you know, whoever, the internet police. You know, somebody <laughs> will find it. You know, and so you know, it's it's it's, it's so you know, 
I have to like now if I play it on my show, which the show still comes on. I'm like I can't believe we used to like beat nuts, a, a rain of the tech, you know, and like they're sniffing coke in the basement of, uh, of in the scene, you know. I'm like we used to play this on video music. I was like I can't. It was believe. that thorough? <laughs> it was that real? Listen, another video that you di- that you directed, it ain't hard to tell. Yeah, by the one and only. Nas. Nasty Nas. How, how the fuck did that happen? We did um, a bunch of videos. My partner and I, Lionel Martin, um, we did, Lionel directed all the videos for third, well, most of them, for third base. Mm. And so... Get the gas face. Exactly. We did that. You know, Combat <laughs> is in that. Oh, he is? Yeah, you got to look back for those I know. Some people don't. Remember when they pulled the wig off? And right. They, and that, that was Combat. That's Combat? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You got to look back. So so we do the video, um, you know, we're doing all these videos, and then Search comes and says, you know, I got, you heard about Nasty Nas, right? And I kind of like, I don't know, so I heard something. He's like, he's a kid from Queensbridge, he's dope, you know, I'm trying to get him a deal. And I was like, all right. And, you know, eventually time goes by, and then somebody, oh, um, oh, man, the woman that used to work at Def Jam, and she's going to kill me because I'm not remembering the name right now. She's the A&R at Sony. And she calls me and she says, Ralph, we, you know, Nas wants to meet you. We got this guy named Nas. He wants to talk with you about doing his EPK, back then, electronic sure. press kit. And it's like a little short little film about, you know, what who, what's coming, what, what the album is going to be. And he says, well, so we're going to get the producers together and we're going to get Nas together and we'll go to Sony Studios. Sony Studios on 50-something Street back then. And we go there and everybody's there. Uh, Premiere's there, Q-Tip's there, um, LES. Pete Rock, um, um, somebody else, I can't remember, somebody big. Large Profess. Large, right? My man, of course, the guy I know <laughs> I see all the time. And so we go in the studio. We, we, I, first, I have a conversation with Nas about it. He, and I said, well, what do you want it to look like? You know, because you could do this a couple of ways. He says, no, I want it to look like Video Music Box. That's all I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, this is how you do Video Music Box, you know, when you be interviewing people and shit. So I was like, I said, all right, no problem. And so we go, boom, I'm just, no, easy, no problem. I, I do this every day. And we did. We shot it like we did with the music box. We had, the, you know, some lights, and we, we did all the interviews. And the the thing came out so thorough that a Sony was like, look, Ralph, we got a song that we're going to release, like, in two weeks. It ain't hard to tell. It's really the first single off the album, and, you know, we need to do a video for it, like, like right away. Would you be interested? I said, all right. And they sent it to him. This is not, Nas is not, like, big like that yet. You know, this is, like, I know that he's got all the elements there because, you know, now I've heard this all, all sure, like, the whole sure. album because I've been hanging out with these guys and they played all the songs. And and I said, yeah, no problem. And so we shot this video for, you know, damn near nothing. And, you know, they just wanted something to test the waters with, with Nas. You know, like, let's see how this goes. They knew New York was on it. That much they knew. Let's see how the rest of the world reacts to this. It's a video. Now the nation's going to see it. You know, it's going to play on Yo! MTV Raps and BET and all these other places. And um, and we shot the video. And, and we we didn't shoot it in um, Manhattan. I mean, we didn't shoot it in Queensbridge. We shot it in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And because the bridge was just hot at the time. It was some, you know, they were like a little nervous about something could jump off in the bridge. Yeah, sure. So they were like, look, let's just stay out of that and we'll shoot it over here. And that's how it happened. And then it ain't hard to. And then they wanted to. They had. I'd heard the world is yours, and I loved that song, you know, the Pete Rock joint. And I was like, I want to do that video. 
And they were like, yeah, 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 we're going to get to you. And then it was like a bigger budget, you know, and I was, I never got to do it. I was like, I was pissed. I always wanted to do the world is yours. I'm greedy. But, you know, I, I got to do it. Ain't hard to tell. And I did the EPK, and that was the beginning of, you know, one of my favorite rappers in the world and, and friends, a good guy, you know, Nas. Nasty Nas. Yeah. Even when you take it back a little, <clears throat> you think about the classic shit that you did, uh, Symphony. You know, oh, yeah. with, with uh, Molly Mall, Molly Mall, with Big Daddy Kane, yeah, Craig G, G Rap, G uh, 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 G Rap. Who else? Who Master else? Was Ace. That? Master Ace. I mean, yo, yeah. let me tell you something, man. When I, 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 lo- I love the beginning of that. One. I don't care who's first or who's last, but even like I remember the first time seeing that video it was a saloon, yeah, and it was like in the in, in, in and the crazy thing is I know that uh, the whole Kane story, right? Break, break down the symphony, man. How well, that happened? The, the symphony that in the beginning in the intro you're talking about, there's um there's like a piano kind of thing happening and it's a beat underneath it. And Molly made that beat up just for that video. It didn't, that, wow. that that's not in anything else. It's not like not on the album or anything like that. And um, so, yeah, so he did that. We had done a bunch of cold chilling stuff, big up cold chilling records. And we were working and my partner Lionel was like, you know, I want to do this in a dude ranch in upstate New York. And so it was like, fine. So we, we, get, we you know, like, how are we going to move all of these different crews, you know, up to New to upstate New York? So we, we treated it like it was, you know, like they used to have bus rides, you know, to like, you know, different places in, in, in New York or in New Jersey. So let's like make it like it's a bus ride. So we just got like one of these buses that these chartered buses and we got everybody on the chartered bus. <laughs> <laughs> and we went up to upstate New York and we went to the locations and we had, you know, did a location scout. We knew the different places that we were going to shoot at in the dude ranch and dude ranches were places like, like, I think like, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know if it was like, a, like who owns this place? You know, like rich Jewish people own these, these sure. lands upstate New York and they would go up there to just kind of like in the summertime to have, you know, their families come up there. And, and it was kind of like, no, you know, people are not going up there as much. So just, it, it was kind of, you know, falling apart, but the land still existed, but we were like, this is perfect. This looks like, you know, like sure. we're in the wild, wild west sure. somewhere. This is, you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to fix nothing up or nothing. It's, you know, you, it hadn't been opened in months, you know, perfect. It looks like exactly where we want to be. And we went up there and we did what we did. And, um, and and then this incident happened with Kane on the way up, and somebody got shot, not intentionally. <laughs> and um, and the guy said, I think it was Kane that did. And so we said, Well, okay, that's going to be a problem because he was bleeding. But you know, like he, he took, he was riding on the bus for a while. He didn't realize it because he had like a big coat. Sure. And we were like, Okay. So he's like, Well, do you want to go to the doctor? <laughs> so he's like, yeah. So we're like, okay, that's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be a police right, report. That's right, gonna be a police report. So, you know, it was like, okay, um, you know, Kane, you know, he, he's got to take him to the hospital. And so he was like, all right. So it was like, you know, Kane didn't, you know, because it wasn't like it, it happened purposely. Sure, sure. And so, you know, but they were like, that's gonna be a problem because then the police are gonna come. So then everybody's like, oh. So it's like, okay, so. Kane left, went back to to Brooklyn. Sent him back, right? Yeah. How did he get back? I think one of the, one of his homeboys drove, yeah. you know, and um and he went back to Brooklyn. We finished shooting the whole scene. If you watch the video, Kane's not at the dude ranch. So Lionel, the genius that Lionel is, like, so I said, well, what are we gonna do with Kane? You know, like, well, we're we gonna do his part. So Kane says, um, Lionel says, well, we're gonna make it look like it's a movie, 
and Kane is watching it, and he's in like a screening room of watching a movie. So I said, so that's what it is in the video. That's the concept. In the end, you see Kane, yeah. and he turns around. He does he does his part, but he's like in a screening room watching G Rap, Master Ace, Craig G, do their part, you know. And and that's how it all came about. Yeah, put a quarter in your ass because <laughs> you played yourself. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you think about you know. It's funny because I think about <clears throat> you were there for so much of the beginning stuff, mm -hmm. and you're still fucking here. You know, I think about like. What brands do now? Like you, what, I remember you. What, where, you seen you wear Fubu? Yeah, on fucking video music box. First time. And you think I don't know if people like realize like that. The, the world we live in today, people who die for placement. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and uh, did you ever speak to your, your cool with What's his name? Damon. Uh, Damon. Yeah. Yeah. W w w did he know how 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 much that done for the streets or anything? That initial part. You know, um, I think he realized it pretty quickly because it happened really fast, you know, and it was like FUBU and, and you know, like first it was just like low book. Nobody knew what it meant. And then I had him on my show and, you know, and I was like, well, what does that mean? And it was like for us, by us. And nobody had ever said that before, you know, so it resonated because they were black. It resonated in the black community, but it resonated in, in just hip-hop community because you know they were part of it they were you know some dudes selling shirts in jamaica and sure. the coliseum mall you know they come from a place where there was these dudes named the shirt kings before them that were spray painting you know shit sure. you know and people, airbrushing and, shit airbrushing shit and you know now it was a logo you know it was stitched you know like it was the next level shit you know from the shirt kings and they were out there in the street same area where the shirt kings were and in fact, that's probably why they went there, because they knew that that's where the Shirt Kings jumped off at, you know. And so this is where the crowd is at. You know, if we can get any of this crowd keep buying our shit, sure. then we're good. And um, and I think that he realized it really quick, and it all happened really fast, I think, for them. Um, and, you know, and it was like, okay, we got to, you know, this is, we don't have enough money to manufacture this stuff. And Damon tell his story about how, you know, he was, you know, we got to get another mortgage on the crib and all that kind of stuff. Because it was happening, you know, and it was happening fast. And and it's crazy, you know, I think it's twenty five years of, of yeah. FUBU. Yeah. And um and they just relaunched in, you yeah. know, in, in, in Century Twenty One. And you know, and it's you know, I'm glad to be there. You know, I know them from day one, all all four of the guys. And, you know, it's like a rock group, you know, like they're, they're a group, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just like you your guys still together, you know, that's cool. You know, it's uh it's funny seeing that. Even they, like I said, they came out to Puma, they came back and relaunched it. People you know, it, it, it's just powerful. You know, let's take it back for a second. You think about video music by thirty five years. For people listening who have no idea about vi video music box, like, do you remember the day that uh, well, of course you remember, but I mean, take us back to the day like where it was gonna become a fucking thing, like where you were gonna go live and they're gonna be like, all right, you're the, the Fresh Fest. When we aired the Fresh Fest in 1985, we had already been doing the show for two years, but I knew from the magnitude, the Fresh Fest was a concert, and it happened. It was a tour, and it happened here in um in New York at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, and it was um. Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, uh, LL was an opening act on it, Run DMC, The Fat Boys, and Houdini, mm. and The Dynamic Breakers, and some other people. And so when we were there, it was a mixture of what hip-hop was. You know, it wasn't just black people from Hollis where Run DMC was, 
or black people from Harlem. It was white kids, Asian kids, Latin kids. You know, it was hip hop, you know, and that's when you realize that what this was. We all had the same thing in common. It was it was a different experience than I had gotten when I was in the Bronx. It was a different experience than I got when I was in, you know, in 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 Queens, in Jamaica. You know, it was like, oh, this kid knows the, all the words. He looks like us. He's dressed like us. He's not black, mm. but he, he's got it, and we're connecting, you know. And that's when you realize that this was a movement, you know. And that moment when we taped it, and we were, and I remember talking with, with Russell, like, yo, I want to tape the concert, and he was like, I speak to Lior. Lior is going to, you know, get that to happen. And Lior was like the road manager for Run DMC. And, you know, and he was kind of in charge of the, the, the tour. And I said, Lior, you know, Russell said, you know, blah, 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 blah. We can take the show. And he was like, oh, okay. Then he came back. He said, Ralph, look, I don't know if this is going to happen because Nassau Costume is going to charge us some money for this. And I was like, all right, but we're already in the venue. You know, so he's like, just stay right here. Don't do anything. Don't, sh- don't start shooting it because I don't want to get a fine. So of Don't course, fucking do it. Right, exactly. You know, but he's young. You know, he's you know, Leo was hip hop. He was, you know, he's you know, he's dusted. You know, not dusted. dusted. Yeah, yeah, nah. But sure. he's you know, he's he's moving like us. And so, you know, we go. We're not gonna stand here. Music starts. The concert starts. People are yelling. I'm like, let's just go. Let's just go. Start taping. It's dark. Nobody's gonna know we're taping. Just don't turn on the the light on the camera. And so we just started shooting. And like maybe an hour later, Leo comes back, or I see him. And he goes, okay, it's okay to shoot. I said, we've been shooting to myself. I said, oh, thank you. you know, so I'm to myself, I'm like, we've been <laughs> shooting, man. And I'm glad that we did that because we captured this day, which is monumental, you know, in hip hop. Like all of these groups, which is, you know, became, you know, what the tour looked like for hip hop. Sure. You know, it didn't really exist like that, you know. And what's crazy is that certain brands were down with it. Sprite was down with it at that time. Like they knew, you know, this is, this is happening. And... Everybody that, you know, there was a, you know, you, you started to see other people emerge, like the 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 publicists, you know, there was a publicist. There was, you know, all these different people that behind the scenes that you start you saw starting to get jobs. And that's why, you know, we knew it was going to be a big deal. And then we aired it, like, immediately. You know, like, I was like, I got to get this on TV. Like, we shot it on a Sunday. Thursday I had it on TV. And it was like the whole world saw that show. And, you know, people were like, yo. That was crazy, and we ran it twice. You know, let's run it again. People want to see it again. And I remember years later, Fab Five Freddy telling me, like, yo, man, I knew that it was happening when I saw that show. Mm. You know, that it was happening. Like, it was real. Like, I was, you know, stuck watching that show. It was like an hour of no video. Oh, we played a couple of videos in that show, but it was more live performances. And... And that was it, you know. That was, you know. I think there's going to be a documentary on on that and on that fresh fest moment. You know, I think really? that's going to happen. Yeah. And so I'm sure you'll be involved in it. Yeah, uh, we've been heavy. talking with some of the guys that are thinking about doing it. You know, I'm involved with the uh, the the, the Wu Tang thing too. Mike's and Men that's coming on. Okay, Showtime. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a six part series. Something um, like that, I think four? it's four. Yeah, I think it's four. And um, and I'm, I'm that's dope. I, yeah, I, I worked on that. Some of my content in that. And um, and I, they interview, interviewed me for that. There's, a, you know, like a lot of these documentaries. I um, if I feel it, you know, like I like to to know who the directors are. You know, who, who's who's doing this? You know, like where's it coming from? And sometimes, you know, um, you know, it's not coming from a, you know, it's just, you know, we're gonna make money off of this, and you could tell it's like it's that kind of vibe. You know, I think that's why certain documentaries we, you know, like Stretch and Bobitos, you yeah. loved them because yeah. you felt it. You sure, know what I'm sure. saying? You know, it was like. 
because Bob did it. You know, he was sitting there going through everything, you know, and he was going to make sure that it comes out in the right way. I'm going to do mine, you know, and I'm going to probably have to do the same thing. I hate going back and talking because I, 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 I'm always thinking forward. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like people go, oh, tell us the story of that. You know, what is the, what was happening? I'm like, um, okay, I don't remember, but, <laughs> I, you know, I got a couple of guys like my man Crazy Sam. He pops up and told me, nah, man, that's not how it happened, you dumbass. You don't remember? And I'm like, what happened? He's there, and he'll tell me exactly what why we did what we did. Or my man Beast, and you know he'll t- they'll tell me exactly why we were doing what we were doing. Well, I mean, you have so many stories. What what story was I? F- I feel like there was a story of somebody stole your car. Oh yeah, you know, remember that story? Dude stole my car. Me and my wife went to the movies. We came back home, and I had a parking lot. I lived in Brooklyn in Flatbush, and we had a parking lot. You know, a parking space under the you know the building, and it was weird because the the garage door was open that day, and it's not normally open. And I was saying. Something's wrong with the garage door again. And so I go in, and I'm pulling in in my wife's car, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, "Did I park? I thought I parked my car in here. And then I said, maybe I parked it on the street. And I look on the ground, I see glass, and I'm like, oh, shit, I think somebody t- took my car, my Jeep. It was a, you know, a um, Cherokee or something like that. And so I said, okay, you know, like, how did they come in here and do that? Like, why? Who would do that? You know, it's not like it was on the street. It was in the sure. parking garage. And so I go up in my apartment, you know, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? So I rode around the car like, yeah, you're going to see somebody driving your Jeep, you know. But we just did it just to do it. And then this guy called my house and said, are you, do you have a Jeep Cherokee? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you Ralph McDaniels? And I said, yeah. He says, I have your Jeep. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Right. You know, like, how are you supposed to react to that? You yeah. know, like, oh, shit, I'm getting ready to get kidnapped or some shit. You know, we was hot for a minute. You yeah, know, like, yeah, this, yeah. I don't know how hot. Are we that hot that we're going to get kidnapped? But I don't know. So I said, all right, where you at? Look, can't call the cops. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do this. I said, all right, no problem. He said, meet me on um, Utica and somewhere. What in, the fuck? Right. In, in, in Brooklyn. So I said, all right, no problem, man. We're going to be over there in a little while. So I told my wife. So my wife's like, all right. So I said, look, stay here. She said, I'm not staying here. They might come here and try to get me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put my wife, we go in the car. I go get my boy Beast and another dude, rest in peace, my man Handsome. And I said, yo, get the shit. And y'all just stay behind me, you know. And, you know, they're thorough. They're from, the, from, sure, from sure. Brooklyn, you know. Ready to let me, right, let me just roll up and see how this is, looks, you know. And I'll, I'll stay in, in the street, you know, so people can see me. So I pull up where they said, and I'm standing in the middle of the street. I don't see nobody. It's like one of these blocks in Brooklyn where I never probably went through. I was like, I don't even remember this block. Like, who lives over here? And so I'm over there, da 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 and this guy's sitting on the stoop, and I'm standing there for a little while. And then I go back to the car. I'm talking to my wife. I come back outside. And so the guy who was sitting there for a long time goes, yo, Ralph. And I'm like, hey, he said, I'm the person who called you. So I said, okay, what's up? So he says, yo, your Jeep is over here. It's around the corner. And then he starts talking to me. He says, look, these dudes be robbing stuff, and they bring it to me, and then I give them money for it. You know. But then I realized when they bought your stuff to me, I'm looking through the bag, and I see video music box stuff in here. And I'm like, nah, we can't rob Ralph McDaniels. This is our dude. We got to give him back his shit. You know, she said, them niggas is mad at me right now, but fuck it. Your car, your Jeep is around the corner. And I'm, you can take it now. So he gave me a, a garbage bag with all my stuff that these dudes had taken out of my Jeep. You know, back then you had the speakers and all that kind of stuff. Sure, big, you sure. know. 
boombox speaker in the back and all this stuff. And, and, and he gave me back my Jeep and I drove off. Did, did he ever pay for the window? Didn't they break the window? Nah, he ain't pay for shit. I was ready because it was a dark-ass block. And, you know, and I was like, yo, anything could still happen. Until till I got in my car and was driving away. Sure, sure. Then you were like, oh, <laughs> like you were freezing. Right. You know, so, um, and so, and and dude and I are, are friends now. Really? Yeah. I see him in the clubs in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what? Let's take a quick break. Internet, so let me tell you something, man. By that last story, you could just tell the understanding of, uh, of the respect of the movement, of the lifestyle, of, of of the content of video music by the one and only, the legendary Ralph McDaniels in the building. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Cheer. Hey, this Ice-T. Right now, you're locked into the Premium Pete Show. Number one show on earth. All right? Stop playing. We back uh, sitting here with Ralph McDaniels talking about uh, Roxanne's... Um, you Roxanne, know, Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne on on Netflix, man. Just a, just a whole show. You know, internet. Go back and listen to the Roxanne, Roxanne episode uh, with the one and only Roxanne Shantae. <laughs> My girl. Please believe it. That's, That's right. Uh, Please believe it. <laughs> you know, when when did you get you, you got pulled in late into that or or in the beginning of that? Uh... Um, I was pulled in. They had already come up with a script. Um, and Mimi Valdez, who's the executive producer on it, was like, give me a call and said, hey. You know, what do you think about, you know, we're, we're working on uh, possibly doing a, a movie for Shantae, a Roxanne, Ro Roxanne movie. And I was like, oh, that's my girl. You know, I did her first video. She said, I know you did her first video. That's why I, I'm calling sure. you. And, you know, I saw it on, you know, as a kid, young girl, young Mimi, watched it on Video Music Box and she saw the interview. And she says, like, I feel like, you know, you should be part of this when we're making this movie. And I said, okay, absolutely, I'm down. And, um... And so, you know, she sent me some of the script and, you know, and I was like, all right, fine. And and it was happening. You know, it was it was literally, you know, like maybe a two or three weeks later we were shooting. And, you know, I did some consulting, like what equipment should be, you know, in the background. And I got my boys, the, the, the disco twins from Queens who were doing the sound systems out there in the park back then. And I got them involved. So some local Queens guys, which was kind of cool to get them involved from the 80s. We didn't make no records or nothing like that, but they were just known for their sound. Sure. And um, and uh, wardrobe stuff, you know, look, look at, looking at certain things because I was a visual guy. And my partner in Lionel and I did Roxanne's video, the the original video for that. You know, if you go listen to it on YouTube, it's like me talking over it in from because it was taped from Video Music Box. And um and so yeah so that was it you know and and I was it was involved you know I wasn't even there when they, when Nia Long did her part uh, I was there for um Mashallah Ali his part and it was um you know like I'm like oh he's a star like he's sure, a real sure. like you could tell somebody's like a real actor like he's like hey, let me do it one more time you know you know like it was it just to take the take and just do it <laughs> he wanted to do it again because he felt like he could hit yeah, he could do know, it better his, yeah. he could do it better so I was like oh he and then you know after the movie comes out you know a couple of months later he gets his first Oscar and you're like oh wow this dude is you know, Oscar winning and then he again here in 20 2019 he wins another oscar you know and you're like he's got two oscars this dude you know for best supporting actor so um good guy you know you know you don't meet people like that all the time you know he was he's like really focused it's like it's like I, when we did juice I, I that was the first movie i ever worked on juice and um i was associate producer and tupac came from la to new york and he was the only person that they had had um um had on as a as a character that they had already booked and they were like look um we got Tupac 
Tupac Shakur. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And But he was serious. Like, compared to the other actors that were on, on, in it, you know, like, you had some guys that eventually became big. Um, but he was serious about it because he said, look, man, I came all the way from L.A. to New York. We got to take this shit seriously, man. And we get into big arguments, not almost fights, on the set of Juice because, he, you know, he felt like some of the other guys were not taking it as serious as he was. And so, you know, when you get these things, you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know that Juice is going to be a cult sure. movie that's going to be forever, you know. Sure. You know, in the case of Shantae, you know, that move, that's one of the most rewatched movies on Netflix last year. You know, like people watched it again, you know. You know, diehard hip-hop, you know, people are like, oh, you should have had this, you should have had this. I was like, yeah, you know. But, you know, the vision of, of, of Mimi and Pharrell is to give you a different look on something that, you know, you maybe weren't looking at at all. Who was thinking about doing a Roxanne movie anyway? Sure. You know, and so it's good, you know, and I think that that opens the door because it did well for other stories to come. So I look forward to doing more stuff with that. I mean, the, when you think about it, like, you know, there's so many stories that could be told. Yeah. You know? And they're serious business, you know. Yeah. You know, like you've probably been through yeah. some things yeah. in your yeah. life. You're like, yeah. I could do a movie. Yeah. You know, look, shit. If Howard Stern could do one sure. back then, like, private parts, right? You know, why not? It's fucking <laughs> crazy when you think about it. Look, you know, uh, let's take it even back when you grew up and you grew up in Brooklyn. Did I just refer to you as Howard Stern? I know. No, no. no sorry. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Well, maybe the nose may be oh, like that. I'm but he got a Jewish nose, I got a Italian Pete, nose. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> what, uh, you know, when you think about, you know, your childhood, and I, you know, I mean this with you because you're such a pure-hearted person, such a talented person, such a person that, I don't know, you know, it's like you don't go around asking for people to pat you on the fucking back. Mm. You know what I mean? And 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 you just do work. And a lot of the, again, I'm telling you, I feel like a lot of people, not meaning from this show but a lot of people i don't think understand how much you have contributed yeah. i mean you have video music box don't you even more yeah even more yeah. you know but but you look at it like growing up like to being a kid in brooklyn to now mm -hmm. like is and i mean this like wholeheartedly but like is this what you envisioned do you envision that you would be a person that directed so many different things that that you know uh held the 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 flag to be like, yo, this hip hop shit is 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 more than you know what I mean. Just some fad to just to be a, like a big piece of the puzzle of this shit. Did you envision that? Mm -mm. No, I didn't envision it. I just knew that when I was the the thing that got me into this business was first of all, my uncle used to go and buy forty fives. He would come from a record store and he would come and he would buy forty fives, and I I couldn't wait to open his bag and say, can I check out the 45? And I would read everything on the record, like where it was recorded at, where, what state, what studio they use, who was the engineer, who mixed it, all this stuff. So I was in, taking in all this information as a little kid, like six, five, five, six years old. Then my uncle took me to um, Reese Beach in Brooklyn, and it was a jam, and there was DJs outside. Like, I'd never seen that before. Like, I didn't know that that even existed. And there was this guy named Grandmaster Flowers. Mm. And Grandmaster Flowers had, like, tons of records. And it was outside. And it was, like, a basketball game going on. And all these women. And my uncle, you know, like, that was his hangout spot. You know, you know, in the summertime, they would have these jams. And I was like, this is crazy. These dudes are playing records that they like. And people are reacting to them. And I want to do that one day in some way. 
And that's how I got into the DJing thing, you know. So I was like, I have to buy speakers and I have to do all of this stuff. And eventually had my own little little, little team. Me and, and that's how me and Lionel got together, my partner, the vid kid, eventually. And I just wanted to just play music and people just react to it and, and say, like, oh, that was a good song. We, that was a good choice. Sure. That was a good choice. Like a playlist, you know, now. You know, like, that was a good choice. <laughs> Crazy when you <laughs> think about it like that. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah, that's all I wanted to do. Everything else that came along with it, the film stuff, the music videos, video music box. Video music box was just another way of playing music and letting see if people were going to react sure. to it. You know, I play weird ass shit. People who really watch video music, they be like, what the hell was that? Like, we play aha take on me. Like, what were we playing yeah, that yeah. for? You know, but the visuals on that was so crazy to me that it was groundbreaking that I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. I mean, Hall and Oates is different because they kind of like were, you know, yeah. established in a way. But you know, there was a lot things, of other things I remember that were played on Video Music Box. Yeah, you know, we just played it, you know, because we were like, "This is something." You know, I don't know if it's something that everybody's going to be. You know, like, like I'll talk to like guys like Chuck Chill out. He was like, "We never played that on on the radio." I said, "Yeah, but we made it big on you know on on you know, like I you know like Main Source, Large Professor, you know, like that we played that like." And then I got the chance to work with him, and that was the, one of the first videos that Hype did with us, was Hanging Hype Out. Hype Williams. Yeah, Hank, Hype Williams. You know, he did Hanging Out. They wanted me to do it, but if you look at the video, there's all this kind of nostalgic clips in there. Those are all from Video Music Box and Hanging Out. They wanted me to do it, and they were like, you have to be involved. We don't know who this guy Hype is. And I was like, it's going to be fine. You know, Hype will try to claim, like, you know, like, yo, no, nah, I was the one. I'm like, dude, trust me. I used to talk to the owner of, of the label at that time. I'm, oh, I can't remember the label right now. And it was another guy who named Mark Weinstein who was an advocate for me all the time. And he's like, Ralph, you, you sure about this guy hype? And I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. He's dope. Don't worry. Mm. You know, uh, it's so funny, full circle. Mm -hmm. Com uh, Complex Con, yeah. last year, I run into you. I'm with <laughs> Steve LaBelle. Yeah. Shouts to Steve LaBelle. Shouts to Sean Kingston. Hollis Queens, what's up? You know, I turn around and uh <laughs> we uh, then 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 i think we're like i went to a panel or whatever anyway to make a long story short Steve i want to out a bunch of people it, i i want up taking a picture that was an ill moment because Jaden. Jaden, yo how about this <laughs> i after the after the 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 panel was over <clears throat> i walked to the stage and uh you know i see a couple people you know that I knew, and they're like, oh, Premier P, man, come come over here, come over here. So I'm walking, and I literally almost tripped on, like, a chair or a wire, <laughs> and I landed right next to Jaden Smith. Right. And literally, it was so smooth. I, I just, he, he was like, yo, what's up? And I, instead of being like, yo, like, you good? Like, I just put my hand out, like, yo, what's up? And he's like, yo, what's up? And, right. and we kept it moving. It was, it was smooth, because I was always thought I was going to bust my ass. <laughs> And then you're over here Jayden talking Smith to him. Saved you. <laughs> and you're, you're over there. You're, you're over there talking to him, telling him about his mom. Right. Yo, that shit was like. And then, and then, and then, Hype William comes, and I take a picture. What a full cir circle moment for you. Yeah. Meaning where Hype started from. Yeah. Explain to the interns who may not know, like you know, of of of, of this full circle moment. Well, Hype was um, a young guy, you know, production assistant, intern, whatever you want to call it. And we brought him on when we started doing music videos. And, you know, he wanted to be down with us. He was um, he was with the art department. Like, you know, because back then we would build sets. Now, you know, you could do a green screen. You know, now it's like, oh, we don't have to build it. We can actually. Sure. 
But back then we would build sets and do all kinds of stuff and paint the, you know, a room or a house a different color and all kinds of stuff like that. And he was part of that, that crew. And, um, and, you know, one day he came to me and he probably, you know, he, he would come to me. He would come to this producer that we had, Sabrina Gray. He would go to Lionel. You know, I want to direct. I want to direct. Right. And we're like, all right, you know, you know, we'll see what's going to happen, you know. And eventually um, I gave him a video. It was called Duck the Boys in Blue. Um, the artist is, damn, I can't remember the artist right now, but the, the name of the song is called Duck the Boys in Blue. And that was Hype's first video. And that, once again, another situation where they want me to do it. And I'm like, nah, I got this dude named Hype. I think it'll be dope. And so, you know, the whole idea of Hype directing is now it's happening and he's happy, you know, and I can tell like he's got some new ideas. And we wanted to develop new people, me, myself, Lionel. And Lionel and, and Hype always clashed, you know, about things. And Hype was also a dude that would, you know, he was always go over budget, you know, like, oh, no, you can't shoot anymore. We, we spent all the money. And and that was Lionel's biggest thing. And I'm like, I got it, you know. Hype, you just got to chill, man. We, you know, we're not trying to stop you from being creative, man. Just you got, you, you can't spend my money. You, you could spend your money if you wanted. You don't want to get paid sure. for this job, but that's fine. So, um, so eventually, you know, as Hype started to do more stuff, he, we said you should have your own company because we were own, we were our own company. We were classic concept production, and and Hype then eventually started his own company, um, and he started shooting his own his own stuff. And he used to edit in my place. I had a place on Broadway, and he would edit there. And um, and then eventually he became like kind of like a one man show. He'd shoot and edit, and but that was the beginning of of hype getting started. And you know I used to drive him to. He lived on Linden Boulevard um, in Queens, like right down the block from Tribe Called Quest, from Q Tip and them guys. And I think he was on a hundred and I don't know hundred ninety something Street, and that's where one ninety two hundred ninety second in Linden is where. Fife Dog, rest in peace, and 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 uh, Q-Tip come from, and Hype was right down the block, and then you know a few blocks over was Irv Gotti, and a few blocks down you know was um, the Fubu Damon and them mm -hmm. guys. So it was like a circle of this new group coming up, you know, in the '90s. You know, they watched what we were doing in the '80s, and these creative guys out of Queens, you know. And I always say Queens is a little different because, you know, you had a backyard, you could sit back there and kind of figure shit out, you know, for a while, you know. And I think that he's just a product of that, you know. Like, he was a guy that, you know, he spray painted. He was a graffiti dude. You know, he wanted to just do things. And he took that creativeness with the paint and, you know, just put it into the camera and shots and angles, you know. Because that was Hype's thing, you know, out of focus, in focus, different angles, you know, that we hadn't seen in some of the music videos before Hype came around. Were you surprised when he was getting these type of budgets to do these videos? That blew me away. I couldn't believe that, you know, there were videos that, you know, million-dollar budgets no. like Missy and Busta and all that stuff. I was like, I don't even understand. How is this happening? When did this happen? We were doing, we were happy to get $50,000 back then or $10,000 yeah. when we first started. He was getting million-dollar budgets. So I'm like, yo, I got to go work for Hype, man. What the hell's going on here? Now, when is, is, when's the last time you've seen him? Is that the first time you've seen him in yeah. a long time? Yeah, I haven't seen Hype since we, me and you when you took the picture. Yeah. In shit, maybe like 25, 30 years. Fuck! Yeah. You know, and you know, and what was funny was that, you know, he, they were talking him and Steve Stout and, and they were up talking about whatever they were, you know, working on or whatever the story was. Oh, it was the, the anniversary of uh, Belly. That's yes, what it yes, was. yes. And, um, and, you know, and I was looking at Hype and I'm like, look, you, you got an award, you know, in my mind, I'm going, you got an award, two awards from MTV. You ain't never mentioned how you got your start, really. 
you know, from yeah. Ralph McDaniel, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the line I'm on. So say it now. So I sat literally in the front so he would see me. But Steve saw me, Steve Stout saw me, and but hype never really kind of turned him away. So then at the end I walked up and he was like, Oh shit, this is the guy who started me, you know. But the king was kind of like, you know, it was like it was like a movie that that whole moment. This is before right before you took the picture. Like, this is the guy who started me, but people are leaving, they've been sitting down for an hour, yeah, nobody's sure. listening, you know. Sure. And I'm like, this like now nah, you say it, you punk. And so, <laughs> you know, um, but that's you know, that's that's you know, that's the way things go. Always proud of the guy, you know. That's why I asked you, Pete, can you take a picture of us, you know, and you were there and you know, because uh, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, Pete, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he understands how important. Oh, come on, man! Moments are. You know? <laughs> come on, man! That was a uh, special. Even even with uh, um, what you were t- saying to uh, Jaden. Well, Jaden, you're right. About a month before that happened, um, 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 what you call him? His mother. Um, why my, my name? Jaden's mother's passed. Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett. Smith. Smith. Um, posted up a. Uh, an interview from a movie that she was in and you know they have like these junkets like you know where you go and you interview you know the the actors and I went and I interviewed his mom and she replayed that video literally a month before I saw Jaden and Hype and all of that so when I saw Jaden there I'm like yo your mom just posted up this thing and you know it's like a weird thing like your mom like you know what you what is this guy about to say cuz I don't know Jaden Smith. Yeah, sure, sure. And I started explaining and he was like, "Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw she posted it on Instagram." I said, "Yeah, that's the, I'm the guy with the striped shirt interviewing and your mom." He was like, "Oh, okay." So, it's like <laughs> it was He was nice. He was nice, you know. Yo, when you think about somebody like Jaden Smith, right? And you think about the new generation. Then you take it back for a second, think about the old generation. For people listening who may not know, Latin quarters, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there were so many other places that you visited. That, yeah. that 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 hip hop was very well and alive, but Latin quarters mm. for people who never been there or even heard of it or people out of state, like how thorough was Latin quarters as far as the hip hop? Oh, super thorough because that was the one thing about Latin quarters. First, it was in Times Square, so if an artist came from somewhere else, like you know L.A. or somewhere, they could go. They they usually would stay in in that area sure. and a hotel, and they could go there. So, you know, let's say it was Dr. Dre or whoever, Ice-T. They were coming from, oh, okay, Latin Court is popping. We could go right over here on a Sunday night. Nothing else was popping. We could go right there. Um, the record labels were in that area. All the record labels were in that area. So the record label owners could go right there and see an artist and then sign them, like, literally Monday, you know. So all of this was happening. Plus, you had um, the top DJs. You had Red Alert there you had um chuck chill out there um all of these people that were part of the scene and latin quarter is i think it's open less than a year maybe two years that's it you know it's it's not even a long run like some of these other clubs but all of that happened right there in that spot like very quickly and um and paradise gray he has it in his book out and um and Paradise was, you know, like the manager, and he was, you know, booking stuff. This is before X Clan, because mm. Paradise is a member of X Clan. And um, and I, don't, the thing that's crazy about the the Latin Quarter is I only went there twice, because on the same night I was doing my own party in Brooklyn. So people used to be like, "Oh, Latin Quarter was popping last night." I'm like, "Oh, word," you know. But I had another party going on in Brooklyn at the same time. Sure. But the Brooklyn crew used to terrorize Latin Quarter, like terrorize it, you know, robbing people. Many artists got robbed up in there, man. Yeah, I, yeah it's <laughs> funny, too, even thinking about Nat Robinson or Milk D. I remember people, you know, uh, 
you know, talking about how when top billing, mm. which you wouldn't think it was like such a, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's an anthem. It's one of the anthems of hip hop. There's mm. so many different anthems that we have. But I'm like, yo, like I remember when people say, yo, you got to tuck your chain in when top billing yeah. came on. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Because that beat used to hit them speakers so hard. Yeah. That boot, boot, boot. And it was like, ooh. It was just like a moment. You know, there were certain songs that, you know, that you just got scared. You know, something was going to happen. Like, you knew it was going to happen because you knew who was in the room. If Fort Greene, Brooklyn, Fort Greene is gentrification at its best right now in Brooklyn. But back then, it was Thug City, you know. And, you know, some of these dudes now, they may be listening to your podcast now. They know they were like, they're 50, 60 years old. Yeah. Now. They don't care now. Yeah. But you know, it was on and, you know, and you could tell it was about to happen, you know, and you, and I would sit with Clark and, 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 and we mentioned Clark Kent earlier and Clark was DJing a lot of those functions in Brooklyn with the same guys, but we had a, you know, a, a relationship with these dudes. We knew these dudes. So we would see them in Manhattan. We'd be like, oh, here they go in Manhattan now. And, you know, many dudes got robbed, jumped, stomped out, you know, and, you know, it happened, you know, and they could just jump right on the train, head back to Brooklyn from, from Latin Quarter. Crazy, man. Crazy <laughs> moments, man. You know, one thing that stuck out to me over the years, I remember you used to say something about, <clears throat> like, back then, and not saying there's not talent now, but back then you used to be like, yo, you knew who the talented people were, you know, mm -hmm. especially because they were like, they, they would come to these clubs and, 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 and you know, uh, rock out. And, and, you know, actually speaking of that, you know, I remember... Uh, I'm sure some people know the story. Maybe some people don't know, but about Biggie, wasn't that your 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 birthday party? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I remember, uh, you know, it's funny too because I think we live in a world like even today in day and age is like I remember he was uh, and you'll tell the story, but he was uh, on stage and I, I guess the DJ dropped the song and he's like, oh, right, you want me to? But didn't Puff like only one of the hosts? What was the story about that? Well, Puff, I went to Puff and I said, look, you know. I need Big to come through. I want him to host my birthday. But I really I wanted to perform. He's like, all right. So, you know, going back and forth, we don't hear nothing. And then so Puff says, look, man, Big's coming. He's probably not going to perform, but he's going to be there. So I said, all right, no problem. So I'm like, yeah, right. Sure he's not going to perform. As soon as he gets here, we're going to throw that song, and the crowd's going to make him. You know, back of my mind, I said, no problem, no problem, of course. <laughs> you know? And so Big is there, and... um. He's on stage, and Jay is there. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. So this is now, this is Jay-Z. You know, like, I know Jay-Z really well. I've been playing his stuff. I've been playing his stuff from his collaborations with Jazzo. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and and, and Jay's, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's. you could see something's happening, you know, Rockefeller. You know, something's going on. And, um, and so Big gets up there, and... Of course, you know, we I had DJ Ace who's, you know, DJ Ace is, is is the DJ that was also at the club playing when the night that Big was um was was killed in LA. LA. So Ace was a big deal, you know. And um so Ace I said, "Look, we're going to give you the sign, you drop that get money and we're going to get Big to do his verse cuz get money was out, Junior yeah. Mafia is out now yeah. at the time and it's hot, it's super hot, you know. All we needed was to have little Kim there, but she wasn't there, you know. And so, boom, he drops it, and the big just turns around and looks at me like, "You got me," you know, <laughs> like you got that. He goes, I, "I guess I'm supposed to do my verse now, right?" And so Jay goes, "Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead." So Jay and Big do it together. They kind of like collabed on that one, right there. It's funny how you think about how Big was, uh, Big, Big was really the the star 
at that time. You yeah. Know, like, like Jay wasn't what, uh, you know, he is today or, no. you know. Like, yeah, I mean, you knew Jay-Z was good. Sure. You know, it wasn't no doubt about that. But, you know, it wasn't quite there yet, you know. But he was, and he also, he was doing his own thing. He had his, you know, he didn't take the route where, you know, he didn't, like, Bad Boy was just a, that promotion was crazy at the time, you know. Puff was a genius at that, you know, True. still to this day, you know, he still has that, you know, that he does it with the liquor and whatever else he's promoting. Nobody had that, you know, and, you know, even though Jay and, and you know, and, and them, would, you know, they were just, you know, it was great music, but it didn't have the promotion. If you didn't have, you know, you could have, you know, there are artists that came out like, like Nas was on a major label, but there were artists that were out that just could, maybe could have been sure, maybe sure. just as big as Nas, but they weren't. You know, because the promotion that that Nas had that, and and then the buzz, and it just built up into this big deal. So, do you remember uh, how many times you came across Jay? Like, you know, over the years, you know, do, yeah. is that someone who appreciates video music? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, last time I saw Jay was at um, Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. He came out with Jay Electronica. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that was a few years back. But you could tell, like, you know, like, you know, he's coming into the venue. He's dolo, kind of, not dolo, but, you know, security's kind of off to the side. And, like, as soon as my eyes and we connect, it's like, okay, I know Ralph. This yeah. is my man, yeah. you know. And we sat there and, you know, and kicked it for a while. And, um, and you know, and I think that he gets it. You know, like, I, I feel like, you know, Jay understands the importance of culture and you know and and preserving certain things like like my one of my biggest things right now is is like you know i have all this content you know and some of it is not even digitized you know it's years 35 years of, sure. of stuff and i'm like how am i gonna get you know like i could spend the rest of my life doing this just digitizing yeah sure you know? and so <laughs> you know and i'm like you know maybe you should go to jay ask jay about it so they, you know we've we've we've, we've kind of touch that area and you know and it's just a matter of finally figuring it out you know because if anybody would get it i think he would get it and understand what to do and how to do it the right way yeah i would like to see that you know yeah. especially because i think that there's so many say i mean there could be a doc doc you know docu-series there could be a documentary about yeah you know they well, could, that's yeah. the, the 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 end result but yeah. just the you know there are things that i forget you know like this, well, they were taping too on the night biggie was there too yeah yeah, all of that's on, on you know, it, it exists. You know, like, we taped everything, and I never threw anything away. You know, so there's moments that, you know, that are just like, oh, wow, I forget it. I see it. You know, like, we had the Fugees in Brooklyn at the Ark, and Buster comes out, and this is the Fugees with a band, and Lauren's just on her, on point that night. She's freestyling. It's just all of this stuff that tells our story, and that's why I did Video Music Box, because I wanted to document the real deal. I didn't want somebody to say, oh, well, it used to be like this, or, you know, just some third person saying what they thought it was. I said, no, we can't do, we can't make the same mistakes that artists made in the 80s and in the 70s. We have to have it documented so we can show it. You know, I don't give a damn if I have to have my own, you know, video music box museum to we just play content, you know, forever, you know, because I think that that's what's going to affect young people now. Sure. They're going to see something in it. They may not see what we saw, but they see something, you know, that they are, it's going to affect them in some way. It's like I told Steve Stop the same thing. I said, look, you know, young people need to see all of this. So they, they're they going to take out what they want to take out of it. And sure. they're going to move with it, you know, and, and make it happen. And they're going to realize that we're not that much different than each other. You know, it's like, you know, Kodak Black says things about, you know, old school. And I get it. You know, sometimes, you know, people come at you and they, they come out with the wrong energy. 
And if you're young and you're doing your thing and you're in your world, like I'm big in my world, dude, why are you dissing me? You know, or looking at me some type of way. And I get it. But I think that we have to show it to each other, the, the, what the young people are doing and what the, or, you know, what we've done in the past so that everybody realize it's the same thing. It's all the same energy. You're just, it's just a different time right now. It's 30 years later or 40 years later, whatever it is. But I went to this thing the other day. It was 46 years of hip-hop, they said. And I said, okay, that's a long time. Mm. You know, we're coming up on 50 years of, of, of hip-hop. You know, like, what are we doing? You know, like, what is this? You know, so I think that that's why I documented all this stuff. I wanted to make sure that, you know, if somebody goes to me and says, yo, do you have this? I go, yeah, I got it. You know, and I know I got it right off the top of my head. You know, and, I, and you know, even artists from LA. Like, I was found this interview I did with The Far Side when they first came out. And I didn't even remember interviewing the far side. I was like, what? You know, it reminds me too, you think about like, even like, I remember a while I had Bill Adler here a while ago. Yeah, Bill is dope. And, and he was talking about how all these pictures he had and people were calling him left and right. Like, yo, if you're looking for these pictures from back then, you know, you got to look, and you think about the video, you think about, and and this is before then, you know? And you know what too, is it's like photos. Like, you know, people mention you know like oh these are the top photographers of you know back in the day you know and i'm like yeah but you know i was taking visuals man i was i, I was the only video camera in these places for a long time so i mean nothing against what these guys were doing with the photos but i can show you a whole five minutes of a moment you know where they might have that one moment sure. you know i can tell you exactly what happened before and, and after and and I think that the video version, the visuals are kind of forgotten about. That pisses me off sometimes because people leave us out of the conversation with that, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, what about this person? That? But I'm like, all right, cool. I, I Believe me, I was riding alongside those people, you know, taking pictures and they were taking photos and I was doing video. So I know, but... You know, give the video guy some props, man. Man, the video guy, <laughs> the, the video guy is all that matters, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, we, we spoke about the Wu Tang uh, docu series. Yes, that you're working Likes on. It, man. It's out. It's, it's already done. It's coming out. It's they announced it. I remember they announced yeah, it recently. In May. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, you know, we also spoke about uh, um, um, possible. You know, who knows? Maybe we could see where a lot of this archive could end up on um, Instagram. And uh, you fuck with Twitter still. Yeah, uh, video music video box. Music box. Video music box. Yeah. You know what? What about uh, what's it called? Any? Um, you know, how's Tuffy doing, man? Tuffy's cool. Tuffy, um, for people that don't know, Tuffy was also a host on Video Music Box. In fact, he's the one who did the first Nas interview. If you look at, if you find the first Nas interview, it's Tuffy interviewing him. And I sent Tuffy up to the Bronx. It was called the the Fe They called it the FIFA, but it was really the Devil's Nest in the Bronx, and Nas was performing. And Tuffy did the interview. So Tuffy's a casting director. He works on a lot of cool stuff. Um, he's working on something now, um, um, something real big um, that he's doing here in New York. And um, so he yeah, he's active. He's out there, um, and he's still doing his thing, man. You know, and that's that. I'm I'm glad to see Tuffy doing his thing. He's raising his daughter. He's a good guy. Yeah, no, I like seeing that. You know, I see that. Uh, you know, certain people. You know, you could tell the purity in them, man. So it's yeah. uh, it, it, it's good to see that. You know, even even as we wind this episode down, you know, you still speak to Kane, man? What's... Big Daddy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we have an event coming up. Um, and Kane is, you know, you know, another guy. Like, you know, he's always been, you know, open to do whatever and try different things. We did some events in Brooklyn a couple of years ago where, you know, he was 
trying this thing out with the band and I said let's do the band and you know and so we had him set up on Fulton Street and the band played and you know and he did all his songs with the band and um and then we do you know whatever I, like it's weird we did some political event you know this is how you know hip-hop is all over the place and it was some like you know caucus democratic caucus and it was Big Daddy Kane Keith Sweat with, with an artist performing you know <laughs> and I was hosting and I was DJing too and you know and I was like Hip-hop is everywhere, man. Like, you know, it is. everywhere. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. It's taking people worldwide, man. Yeah. You know, uh, not to go all the way back, because, you know, we're winding this episode down, but did you like your voice in the beginning? Like, when you were on, you know, TV and, you know, because it wasn't like you... You know, like you created, you know, the lane too. It wasn't like you were like, <laughs> like went to school for this forever. You know what I mean? Well, I grew up listening to you got I listened to you know radio, um, and Don Cornelius was a big you know influence on me listening to him. Dick Clark because he was just mm. knowledgeable about so many things, you know, and I liked the way his approach to. He was kind of matter of fact with artists, and he would sit in the crowd with the with the you know with the the guests and people, and I was like. You know, so those were influence on me. And then there was a guy named Hank Spann on a radio station here in New York called WWRL. This is AM. This is before music was on FM. And this guy, Hank Spann, he could talk. You know, he was smooth. He was slick. He was like you talking to a, a pimp or something, you know. Mm. And and now him and the younger version of who I really related to was a guy named Gary Bird. And Gary Bird... Um, used to have this show on the same radio station. It was called the GBE Experience, the Gary Bird Experience. And he would come on late night, like from 12 to 6 in the morning. And, you know, and he would play different music that they wouldn't play in the daytime. Like, he was a little bit more progressive. He could play different different stuff. And um, and he would talk about, you know, things that were happening in the community, like, you know, whatever, police brutality and things that you, knew you would never talk about in the daytime. You know, but he would talk about it at night. And that was a big influence on me because he was so smooth with it. And the songs that he played were like younger artists. Like he would break young young music at night, you know. So, you know, I'm really showing my age. But like Cool in the Gang, you know, like your first time you hear that Summer Madness is Gary Bird plays it. And it's like, this is a new song from Cool in the Gang. Summer Madness is like, mm. you know, I'm like, what is this? You know, like, what is this right here? I met, I met one of them. Um, I was in Atlanta, actually, uh, seeing Nat Robinson and uh, Kendall Minter. Oh, Kendall, uh, yeah. The lawyer, yeah, the entertainment lawyer. And yeah. uh, he was in there. He was like, you know. And the reason I know Cool in the Gang is because my mother's name is Joanna. Oh, wow. And they used to have that yeah, song, Joanna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. Right, that was a pop yeah. record for them. Yeah, yeah so, you know. They're 50 years in the game, you know. They started off, they, you know, they were like like Muslims. They weren't mm. like Muslims. They were Muslims back in the days from Newark. You know, Newark was like gangster you know, at the time. And these dudes were like, you know, talking street talk, you know, in their records. They were musicians. A lot of it was like a lot of instrumental stuff. But when they would talk, they was dropping mad knowledge. Like, it's almost like Wu-Tang to the R&B world. Like, people probably like, what is this? You know, because it was jazz and they were talking, you know, street talk slang, you know. And then they became this big pop group later on, Joanna and, yeah. you know, Get Down On It and yeah, yeah, Ladies yeah. Night and all that. But that's not how they started. They was these young dudes really like, almost like I feel like they like were hip-hop, you know. You know, when, when, one more uh, thing you did was with uh, MC Shan. And and that's when I really, like, for me, you know, in, in, in my age group, I remember that's when I really, uh, what I loved about hip-hop was, and one of my first, like, you know, uh, Love's Gonna Get You uh, by KRS was, mm. was something that really stuck with me, man. Like, mm. like 
when he said I'm making about a G a week, fuck school. Right. Like I really believed him. Yeah. I left. I, I walked out of school. I said I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna figure this shit out. Yeah. And that, but 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 MC Shan left me lonely. <laughs> was the first time I realized about having feelings in hip hop. Yeah, that was Lionel, man. And well, of course it was Shan. Shan made this song, and that was the first video that Cole Chillin did. Mm. That was the first video that they did. Well, Shantae was really the first video yeah. they did. And um, and they realized, you know, Fly Tie was like, wow, this is really happening. Magic is, they're all part of this whole scene. And they came back with, with Shan, um, you know, the bridge is out. Yeah. And, and um, Kill That Noise and all that stuff was out already. But there was no video for that. And then we like, we got to do a video for Shan because Shan's, you know, he's out there. People know who he is. People want to see him. And they came with Left Me Lonely. And, you know, and I was surprised, you know, because, you know, I didn't expect that that was going to be, you know, the song, because, sure. you know, you, I'm thinking Shan battling KRS-One, you know, hardcore, and it was a love song. But it was so dope that it was new, you know, and it, and it felt like, you know, like, I can relate to this. And then Lionel came up with a concept that, you know, Shan was crazy, you know, um, and he's in an insane asylum, and he's, he's having, you know, all these delusional thoughts about this girl, and... And I was like, okay, you know, Lionel was like that, you know, Lionel would just come up with something that nobody else was thinking about, and then we shot the video, and people loved it, mm. loved it. You know, Lionel was, you know, Lionel's a dude that grew up, you know, you know, he 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 just, you know, he he's a comic book head, you know, yeah. he, he was different, you know. <laughs> I used to be like, you got all your comic books like lined up like perfectly, you know, like who does that? And he was like, a lot of people do. I was like, really? I was Is like, he still uh, doing? Uh... Yeah, he's still. Well, he's in L.A. Um, he's still working. He's still active. He's still doing stuff. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, sometimes I mean, I have conversations with Lionel. I'm like, you know, the world is unfortunately very superficial right now, and mm -hmm. we just look over things and we don't see things. And he's like, well, why? And he's a detail. He was a detailed guy when I met him. He's a detailed guy now. He pays attention to everything and wants to give everybody the props that they should get. And he's like, well, I didn't really tell that story right. Or they didn't write that article right. And I'm like, I know, but you know, it's. Thank God they wrote something. We'll, now we can maybe do a part two or something sure. to it, you know? So, so listen, Internet, let me tell you something. Um, look up on YouTube or go to video. Where can people go if they're, like, say, out of state or in state if they don't have? Where can they check out Video Music Box? Um, They can watch Video Music Box. We, well, you can see some of the clips on my YouTube, Video Music Box 1. Um, You know, I post up every once in a while. Now, Instagram, people want me to post more stuff up on IGTV because it's a little sure. longer and so i may start putting more more clips up on igd tv but you know just google video music box hashtag ralph mcdaniels whatever it is and you know and some cool stuff will come up and you'll be like oh wow. a, lot, a lot of years of stuff a lot of years listen ralph uh thank you man thank Mad you years. Not, not not only for uh uh you know doing an episode but you know just it's all love you know just the contributions you know thank so you. i mean so so it's appreciated. Like I said, I grew up uh, with it, love it, uh, um, you know, love all the contributions, and that you're still here today. I uh, still got young eyes. I think I still have young ears. I yeah. look at things, you know, I'm going, I'm mad old, but I don't look at it like that. I still see it young, you know, and and I think that's, and I appreciate that in you. Like, I look at that in people. Like, I sure. see something in you, Pete, sure. that it's me, you know, so... I, you know, if Pete, you ever ask me for whatever I can do, I'm like, yeah, of course, sure. it's Pete. You know, I don't, I think it's, 
it's sincere, you know, and it's, you know, you are who you are. You're not trying to be somebody else. You know, I don't know. Your boys might tell me something different later on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as far as I know, yeah, sure. you know, there's, and that we don't have that in the business. And, you know, there's so many, especially with, you know, you know, the fakeness of internet stuff. And, you know, it's like people just making up shit. And I'm like, all right, you know, I guess that's the world we live in. So to have a real sincere talk with somebody or you know you can tell when somebody asks you something sure, they sure. really are asking you for real that's cool well listen the box that rocks yes sir will never stop the one and only the legendary ralph mcdaniels yeah peace out cheer internets if you enjoyed that episode then hit me up that's right email me at the premium show at gmail.com again that's the premium show at gmail.com if you're an advertiser, any big company, small company, startup, whatever it is, you want to advertise on the Premium Peep Show, hit me up. Email thepremiumpeepshow at gmail.com, and we'll, we'll get to working, okay? And if you have a suggestion or you want to hear a certain guest on the show, whatever it is, okay? You know, you could at Premium Pete, at Premium Peep Show on Twitter or Instagram, or for the last time I'll tell you, well, I'm not gonna, it's not the last time, email me. The Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. And let's get to working. Cheers.